Hi, I'm Victor. And I'm Allegra. And we want to welcome you to Simply Investing. We're two mates in our 20s who have learned a thing or two in our young careers. Definitely from making lots of mistakes. And our mission is to simplify investing and give you the knowledge and confidence to kickstart your investment journey. Before we start, a quick reminder that nothing we say is financial advice. Rather, for educational purposes only. We are not financial advisors and everybody should invest according to their own circumstances. All right, welcome everyone. This is episode one of our podcast, The Basics. Um, We want to start this off, we want to make it really simple and we just want to open the floor and discuss some of the bigger questions such as what is investing. Yeah, no, that's a good shout. I think um, to really keep things simply, um, I guess investing to me would be if you really strip it back to the core. Um, whenever you kind of work for money or you get an income, you can either spend it or you can save it. And when you have those savings, um, you can choose to, I guess, invest it uh, in the hope, I guess, that you make more money in the future than what you have now, right? That's, I think, the goal for most people. Um, unfortunately, sometimes you do lose. And I have been on the on the short end of the stick um, at times. So there's there's that possibility as well. But I think the overarching goal is kind of you take the income that you have, you either spend it or you save it. And with those savings, you can invest it in a plethora of different assets in the hope, right, that one day you'll be able to see that value um, of your asset appreciate um, so that you may then consume more in the future and, you know, get the, get the nice car that you want or get, um, you know, that beach house that you want. To summarise that and what you're kind of saying is it's investing your dollars now in the hopes of having more dollars later. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's just that principle of putting your money aside and watching your money grow in a way. And there's a whole bunch of different vehicles to do that. And don't worry, we will break that down. If not in this episode, then in future episodes on um, how we've done that in our young lives and and kind of what else um, is available to you guys to do that. But I think that's the core principle um, behind what investing is really. All right, cool. So now that we've touched on what investing is at a very high level, like we said, it's really just trading your current money in the hope of getting more in the future so you can buy more things or, or have a better lifestyle. I guess the next question really then goes, you know, why do we need to do it? You know, and I think I'll just start this off really quickly, Allegra. Um, for the person, sorry, that doesn't value money or doesn't value kind of um, having more money in the future or becoming a millionaire, etc., then, you know, do they really need to invest? And I think, you know, that's such a difficult question because I think a lot of people, money is so intertwined with just the life that you can live and what it gets you. So I think at some point, it's, it's almost in my opinion, and this is just my opinion, I think everybody needs to invest if they want to keep up with kind of the wider macroeconomic landscape or just the wider world, especially if you live in a capitalist society. Yeah. And I mean, I guess on that as well, I'm just assuming that most of our listeners are listening because they have an interest in investment and they do want to get ahead and start investing. So, I mean, I know that for some people investing isn't a priority and 
um, I guess even money to some degree is not a priority and people are happy living really simply, having the bare necessities and all the rest of it and just living week to week. And there's also nothing wrong with that. Um, But, I mean, I think one of the biggest things for me is I don't want to work for the rest of my life. Um, I mean, I'm still young. We're 26 and at the moment I enjoy working. but. At some point, I do want to have the freedom to not have to invest all of my time into working. And I feel like investing is one of the best ways to kind of get out of that rat race, especially somewhere like Sydney where things are so expensive. A hundred percent. And I think just to touch on your point, it's that kind of as young people, when you come out of university and you've done your education, you kind of then start to go into this paradigm of trading your time for money. No matter what job you're in, I think, you know, and it's great. You can be really passionate about what you do. That's fantastic. I mean, I'm an accountant and, you know, I like what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, let's be honest, it's, yeah. it's, it's all right. Um, so, so I don't mind doing that. But, um, you know, like you said, you know, at some point you don't want to have to keep trading in your time for your money in, in the form of a wage. Um, so I think that's definitely a valid reason you know, to, to invest. And I think that's, you know, like you said, why you do it. But for me as well, I just think we're in really, really uncharted waters at the moment in our global kind of environment, especially in the last two years with the coronavirus pandemic, governments have printed so much money and just given it away. So at some point your currency is being debased. And if you don't own assets, you just won't get ahead of the curve and, and you don't, you, you won't keep up with the game so to speak, that is being played here. And I mean as well, I guess most young people save some portion of their wage. And I mean, you're not getting interest having your money in a bank account. So I almost think if you're going to save it with the bank, you know, what's the difference in putting that in an ETF, for example, or putting that towards real estate or even putting that in a stock? I mean, we'll get into those um, investment options later down, um, but... I think it's just one of those things where if you're going to save your money and you're putting it into a bank account, yep. well, investing is quite simple and we'll show you small things like how to buy an ETF. So once you have those skills, it's almost, you know, just subconsciously just putting those things into ETFs or stocks or investing in real estate, whatever it is, but it's the same as you putting it into savings yep. to some degree. You're still putting your money away. A hundred percent. And it's almost, I guess... This might be taking it a little too far, but oh God. <laughs> I think you're almost doing yourself a disservice by not investing yeah. in the way that if you leave your money in cash, we know what inflation is at the moment. There's a big problem with that. Some say supply chain driven. Um, it might, it, I think it's a combination of many factors. But if you're keeping your money in cash and you're not holding assets, I think in the last year, right, yeah. my shares have gone up like 30%. You know, um, I think, yeah, and and people might say this is a once in a lifetime year, um, you know, happening for the S&P or the ASX. But if you're not holding these kind of assets, your wage isn't going up that quick as well. You might get, I got Mm -hmm. 2% last year, um, you know, extra. I guess even below CPI. It's it's crazy. It's below CPI. So I think, you know, um, because like you're, you're not kind of, growing your 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 pot of money so to speak you're kind of you know really behind the curve and i guess the big thing with investing is people don't like losing money and and yeah you know, i think it, and it's a little daunting and scary as well i mean look personally i hold a lot of risk on assets and i've seen my portfolio drop decline <laughs> fail yeah you know i i've seen it drop a lot in the last couple of months and so be it but 
I guess that's where we differ though. I mean, you know, we have this conversation all the time that I'm a very low risk investor. Um, And I think when I have made riskier investment choices, for example, crypto, Mm. um, it's not my style of investing. I'm an emotional investor. And I know that's something that we get into that you can't because you need to really think long term. But I think that I've now worked out um, I guess a strategy that works for myself and that's, you know, largely a combination of um, investing in ETFs. Uh, I'll dabble in a stock or two here and there. Um, and yeah. then also, you know, I've, I'm big on real estate. You so are, yeah. I guess I've just bought my fourth investment property. Um, you own real estate as well, but for you, you're a lot higher risk when it comes to investing. You love crypto. I think, yeah, I mean, look, mm-hmm. I think it's an opportunity of a lifetime to be fair, um, but yeah. we'll get into that a bit later. I do like real estate as well, but I just I find it very difficult to to enter the market. Yeah. I'm not an expert. I don't even know what Jiprock is. <laughs> so that's where you come in. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that's just not an area of expertise for me. And I'm not saying, you know, I know a lot about no. digital currencies or, or anything else, but I feel like I'm a bit more competent in that area, hence why I like putting money into that or, or a particular share or, or, or things like that. But I think, yeah. Um, maybe I think that's from my our conversations, though, yeah. Um, sorry to cut you off. I think from our conversations, though, I'd say that you know, when from when we first started speaking about real estate to now, I'd say just from those conversations we've had, like you've learned so much more about what to invest in and what to buy and those kinds of things. Yeah. Um, and I mean, for you, I think previously interstate wasn't even an option, and now you're looking at buying in that's Brisbane. Right. So that would be lovely. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, we'll do a larger episode on real estate investing and what to buy and how to buy and all the rest of it. But I think it's not as hard as people think it is. Um, I think it's very difficult. Oh, you say really? you say it like it's not hard. <laughs> to the average person like myself, it's daunting to, yeah. to get into real estate. But I think we can touch on that in a different episode. But, I mean, overall, I guess, like I said earlier, this might be a bit of a reach, but if you're not really investing your money, I think you're really starting to fall behind the curve, especially yeah. in the current landscape. But, um, you know, I guess we've outlined a couple of reasons why we like to invest. For yourself, it's more about freedom and freedom having and, my time. Yeah, that's right. And not having to work yeah. 90 hours a week. Yeah. <laughs> and for exactly. myself, it's a bit more around that, you know, because the way the world's going with the debasement of fiat currencies and also just inflation kind of starting to kick in and the wider macroeconomic landscape, I think for me it's 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 almost a no-brainer. A no-brainer to invest. Cool. So now we've touched a little bit on what investing is why we personally invest Allegra. Um, now let's talk a little bit more about, well, what can we invest in? And we already touched on a little bit of this in the previous segment, but I'm just going to list for our viewers the main asset classes, I think, that are available to invest in in the world. Um, I may miss, you know, a couple yeah. um, because probably I don't have expertise in those kind of fields. For example, commercial property. I wouldn't know where to start with buying a barn or a farm or a warehouse or things like that. But we can start with property, right? That's one of the largest, if not, I think, the main asset class. And I think as well, I mean, I can't speak for our viewers and I can't speak for you, but I think 
even when people do, I, I know there's a big debate against holding stocks versus properties and the mm. outgoing costs of that. But I think that for a lot of younger investors, you invest in ETFs and stocks and crypto and all the rest of it to then kind of at some point pull your money and put it towards a safer asset class, which in my eyes in Australia, investing in property is probably one of the less risky options when it comes to investing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like Victor said, there are so many different options when it comes to investing in property. I mean, the main one that most people invest in is residential. That's um, right. But then on the back of that, there's industrial. So purchasing a warehouse, um, there's commercial, um, so an office space, um, there's rural, so then buying farmland. Um, and then I guess on top of that as well, there's things that people do like joining syndicates. So a whole group of people bring their money together and invest yeah. in land or property together. Is there money in buying a farm or a warehouse, do you think? I mean, I, I have think, no idea. Yeah. So, I mean, the interesting thing when it comes to industrials, it's similar to commercial. So your yields are quite good. Um, I mean, basically the tenant, when you buy a residential, you're paying a lot of the outgoings. Whereas when it comes to buying, for example, an industrial warehouse, um, the tenant pays a lot of the outgoings. The growth that you'll get is probably not as much as residential, but in terms yeah. of yield, um, it definitely you know, has great returns. Yeah. Um, but then again, you know, if you're looking to buy larger investment properties that are industrial, you probably need more capital. But, you know, buying something like a storage unit is possible for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, it's a great investment option, I think, when it comes to real estate. And I think you touched on it briefly. One of the downsides of investing in property, Allegra, is the fact that you need a large capital uh, as a starting point. I do get you can leverage with the bank and that is also a strength of investing in property, right? Um, you know, your return on cash is a lot higher because the bank's paying 80% in yeah. most cases of your of your, of your property value. But even to come up with a 20% deposit for the way Sydney house prices are going, even if we're looking interstate, um, it, it's, it's, it's a lot of money that yeah. I found it quite difficult to get to begin with. Yeah, I mean, no, I completely agree. And I mean, I know we'll touch on this further in other episodes, but the first homeowner's grant is a great way to get in. I mean, there are so many different grants that the yeah. government's introduced when it comes to the first home buyers. For example, you don't need that 20% deposit anymore. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that makes it more realistic and more attainable. And I think, you know, once you've gone to the banks and you've kind of worked out your borrowing power or your, your broker's told you how much, you just really need to look into what you can buy. Yeah. Um, and I think buy strategically. Um, I mean, my first investment was at 18 um, and I bought, and th this is all that I could afford at the time. I mean, I bought a one bedroom apartment in Bankstown. In hindsight, probably not my Yeah, I was going to say, how's that going for you? Yeah, so I mean, not my <laughs> finest moment, but I mean, it worked well for me. I had my 10% saved. It allowed me to put that 10% down on signing the contract. And then I had the two years of construction to come up with that second 10%. Right. So at settlement, I had my 20% down, even though I didn't need that because I did actually go through um, first home buyers. Yep. Um, it, it gave me that time to kind of save money. And I mean, when I first settled, I think it was 2018, yep. um, the market was hot. So I pulled 156000 in equity straight off the bat. So, I mean, in hindsight, it, it was a good right. investment. But right. in terms of unit growth now, um, and especially off the plan units, it hasn't probably done as well. as well. Yeah, as but... Yeah. And I think that's a very valid point to your comment about you buying your first place. I mean, I bought my first place, must have been two years now. Yeah. And the way I did that was to put money into our next kind of investment class or option, um, stocks and ETFs um, and I dollar cost average, which means just 
buying a little bit, you know, over a periodic amount of time um, and letting compound interest do its job. And what I did was I basically, you know, took the um, gains from, you know, the the stocks that I was investing in and, and flipped that into property. So I think, um, you know, we'll definitely kind of talk a little bit more about equities and, and ETFs because that's a whole rabbit hole to really dissect. But that's a second investment class that is much easier to enter. Yeah, um, that's right. I remember when I was doing it, there weren't apps, you know, that you could trade for as little as $50 or $100. Yeah. I think I had to put a couple of grand in to begin with. And the brokerage fees have come down a lot since I started. Yeah, um, I mean, I guess uh, I kind of, you know, I've always used Comsec as a trading platform. Yeah. Um, but, you know, there's a great platforms that have come out of Comsec, for example, Comsec uh, Pocket. Yeah. And I think your minimum investment on that is $50 yeah. and brokerage is somewhere around $2. I could be wrong, but I'm, yeah. you know, based on a small investment and it goes up from there. But I know that you were saying there's other apps that you can invest yeah. in. But I think, you know, I think Superhero is another really good app that's, yeah. that's come out. I think it's Perler as well, isn't it? I don't know what that is. Oh, I think it's similar to Superhero. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I use Superhero. I think it's great. I think how they've managed to skirt the chess settlement system and you know do bulk transactions and to keep costs down i think that's been excellent uh for a lot of retail investors and a lot of the small guys i would recommend using superhero to be fair um but like i mentioned equities and coming out of equities etfs which is basically holding a whole i bunch of had a really companies. good way of explaining this and i was saying you know when yeah. you go to woolworths yeah. <laughs> and there's like the, the best supermarket the, yeah <laughs> Um, you know, different fruit boxes you can buy. So you can buy, you know, like a box of rock melon, a box mm. of watermelon, and all the rest of it. I said that buying an ETF is kind of like buying a fruit salad. So, I mean, instead of just investing in one company or in one sector, an ETF is actually um, a combination of a whole number of yes. sectors and companies. Um, and by investing in that, you're not only investing in, say, an Apple or an Amazon, you're actually investing in, you know... A diversified portfolio Correct. Is, the, is the kind of main advantage of an ETF. Yeah. Um, you know, there are disadvantages as well to an ETF. Some are some are poorly performing. They charge a high fee, um, et cetera. But that's, that's basically another investment vehicle. I actually really like ETFs. I bought my first ETF when I was 18 as well. So yeah. I've just slowly been dollar cost averaging and yeah. I was able to pull a bit of equity out of that and, and, and the capital gains to, to flip it into property, which was great. But aside from uh, property and stocks, there are also many other investment classes, which look, let's be fair. We're, we're nowhere near experts on no. on this. I mean, bond trading and, and, and kind of arbitraging on micro timeframes. Look, that's something I, I learned, I learned no in business start, school. Yeah. But yeah, outside of business school, look, I have no idea how to even start with that. And all the different options, pricing models and things like that. Derivative trading, you know, black skulls. Look, I just, we're not really going to touch no. on these, these other classes. Um, collectibles as well. I don't really collect any... I guess, vintage items. No, but I know that people, you know, vintage cars, watches, it's all a form of investment. And I mean, if you purchase right, I know that some people are experts in that kind of stuff. Fine art. Yeah, fine art. NFTs. But I think that's more, yeah, that's a little bit of a different. NFTs, I feel like, are a bit more common now, though, I mean. They are. But it's the thing with, I guess, alternate investments is it's only worth what the next person is willing to pay for it. And at some point, I'm just going to put this out there because I am big on the digital currency space. Sorry. Love and, and I love <laughs> digital assets, Yeah, but I don't see the value in NFTs, you know, digital a board ape 
piece of art. <laughs> I think a gym bro. Is dude, it? All I'm all I'm saying is at some point, that right? Bubble will pop. The economy is going to slow down. We're going to correct, and nobody's going to pay the equivalent of how many millions of dollars even yeah. for for a picture of a of a gorilla. Yeah. You know what I mean? No matter I how mean, we probably don't is. see we don't see the value in it, but I'm sure there's people out there who've made money off it and are great at it. Right, but right, absolutely. And I think on that, I personally I hate crypto. I mean, I don't hate it. I've got money in crypto, but it scares me because I don't understand it enough. Whereas you yeah. love crypto, you understand it, you're really good at it, you've got a lot of money invested in it. So I think the big overarching point we're trying to make is there are so many different investment options. Yeah. So many different places you can put your money. Um, the main investment options we'll touch on are real estate, stocks, and on that ETFs and cryptocurrency. Yep. Um, but, I mean, there are other options out there. So don't think that you just have to invest in real estate or you just have to invest in ETFs. That's right. If you like a certain class of investment or a certain option, research it, get good at it, and, yeah, I guess yeah. get into it. Uh, absolutely. And I think, you know, we haven't even touched on commodities. You know, yeah. iron ore, silver, copper, Gold. gold. Maybe someone really, really likes the look of gold and just staring at a lump of gold. So if that's for you, then you buy all means. Yeah. Um, you know, that there's there's commodities as well. Um, oil, crude oil, there's there's derivatives, you know. Buying. I love to hold gold. I feel like that's a really nice investment to have. I'm sure you have gold jewelry. Gold yeah, gold that's gold a, blocks under the house or something. Uh, <laughs> look, if you're gonna hold gold, you may as well hold Bitcoin. But that's neither yeah. here, that's neither here nor there. But you know, we haven't touched on commodities, so I don't, I don't mess around with that. And I guess, like Allegra mentioned, we're really going to touch on um, equities, property, and digital assets. We'll go from there. So now that we've kind of covered, you know, the, the range of different investment options um, and told you all which options we prefer. Um, I guess kind of the next question or something that is really important is basically just answering how to get started. Yeah, and I think we can start with the easiest um, kind of investment class, in my opinion, to jump into, and that's equities. Um, so like I mentioned, I bought my first share in a company when I was 18, probably seven years too late. But um, the way to do it is really just to find a, uh, share training platform and there are many out there we'll just go with comsec for one yeah i know that comsec's kind of the most common right and you know for our viewers that aren't in australia there are plenty of other options i'm sure most banks have a trading desk um or even you know revolutionary apps like Robinhood. um yeah. you can you can use to, to to buy and hold equities so you find yourself an app uh loading some money from your bank account yeah um you know uh could be as little as 50 dollars i think you know, from, from different platforms, whatever it is, yeah. load some money in. I think um, on, on that, I think on Comsec, the minimum you can trade is $500, which is why we kind of said that Comsec, Comsec Pocket. Pocket, if you're looking to get started in ETFs, um, is, you know, a really good way to go. And I think as well, um, Comsec Pocket and Comsec both give you practice trading accounts. So if you're nervous and right. you want to kind of try it out, they'll give you basically fake money and you can practice investing. And then when you build up some of that confidence, start using your own money. Yeah, absolutely. And look, to be fair, I don't really see the point of a practice account. No. Because for <laughs> but us, I mean, yeah. the way I like to invest um, is is to really just buy and hold. Yeah. I think a lot of people can make a lot of money sitting on their bums doing nothing if they have the right temperament to do it. Um, 
And I think that's the biggest challenge of investing, just having a good mentality and, and the right, like I said, temperament. You'll find yourself a platform, deposit some money in there and then choose, you know, um, what company stuff. to buy, whether it's Amazon, Facebook. Um, I think it's a little harder to invest in, uh, for example, where in Australia to buy US stocks on, on something like a Comsec. I think I have to fill in a couple of additional forms um, to be able to do that. But a lot of platforms now bridge that gap. Um, and allow you to, to invest in equities all around the world, I think. So that's basically how I do it. Um, and then I guess, you know, just to finish off that process, you put in your buy order, you set your limit of what you want to purchase your ETF or stock at. Once that buy order has gone through, it'll sit in a portfolio where you can watch the stock or ETF you've purchased. That's right. Um, and then I guess you just sit back and kind of let your investment do the work for you. That's right. Um, and I'm a big fan of the buy and hold strategy. So yeah, I'm, I'm no day trader, but I think the biggest thing that I would stress is that you really need to, and I know it's a lot easier said than done, but don't panic sell, don't get emotional. Just remember right. why you're investing and it's for, for the long-term gain. Yep. So a, a small dip in the market over a week. I mean, the ASX had a horrendous week last yeah. week. Are, are week you before. telling yourself? I so. am. <laughs> I, I, I'm trying to make myself feel better, but uh, I mean, you can't time the market. Um, and, and that's my next biggest point is don't put money into stocks or ETFs that you're eventually going to need That's right. in the near future. I think Warren Buffett actually said himself, if you need the money in the next 10 years, don't invest in the stock. What's up? Yeah, I know. Next the legend. Years. Yeah, he said 10 years because, I mean, you don't know what's going to happen. Um, I mean, imagine you had put in money into Facebook last Monday and then on, you know, Friday they dropped 20% or something. Mm. You'd be, you know losing your mind but you've just got to think in the long term i just, I just recently went through that but oh, no. to be fair i think <laughs> yeah i think it depends on your mindset as well and your temperament and we'll touch a lot more on how we approach the market and, and yeah. whatnot i mean look i've seen my net wealth half in the last couple of months yeah. you know it's not it's it's it's, it's more of a you, you have to really think about what you're investing in yeah, when you're saying an equity why are you buying amazon do you yeah. believe in the network effects of amazon do you believe in its business model or for example, another stock that I've looked at in the past, Maya, right? I, I learned a lot about the value investing principles back in the day. And, you know, Maya was a very, very attractive uh, business from a financial standpoint in terms of its fundamental price earnings, price book, etc. But what was the future for Maya? Nothing. You know, there isn't going <laughs> to yeah, be one. It's, it's very, very difficult to, to pivot in that, in that retail landscape, especially yeah. if you're not focusing on consumer experience. And they've just been, I mean... Not they, but we've just all gone through a pandemic where no one's really out and about. I think uh, as well, we're online now. I mean, exactly. Google, I mean, I know I still go to the shop because I'm a bit old fashioned like that. And I like having a look around, and that for me is, you know, something to do on the weekends. But everything's at digital now, everything's online. So, why, mm. you know, why people would actually go to your conventional retail store? It's not something that people are doing. But yeah, I, mean, and I think we make mistakes, we move right. on. Yeah, look, it wasn't a good buy. But, um, you know, I think equities, like we mentioned, that's probably how you would onboard yourself um, and, and, and do that. Look, if I could make one recommendation, and this is all for educational purposes only, Allegra, um, is to just hold a broad-based ETF. I think VAS, Vanguard, I think it's a very respectable passive investment company um, and they have really, really affordable fees. Um, VAS, Vanguard Australian Shares, we live in Australia. Um, yeah, I, I mean, think that's something, just hold a broad-based market and, and let, let, the, let the gains compound over 5, 10, 15, 20 years. You um, can invest in, you know, the S&P 200, the S&P 500, um, NASDAQ, 
Um, and then you've got quite specialised ETFs as well. I mean, I hold um, a lot in hack, um, which is, you know, they were working a lot in cybersecurity. That's something that I hold in, but, you know, you don't have to go that specific into right. an industry. That's you right. can keep it broad. You can narrow it down. It's all up to you. But I think, you know, back onto how to get started, Victor and myself will do an episode where we'll actually sit and we'll film um, buying an ETF. Um, so, you know, tune in for that and follow along. If you're not feeling as confident, we'll, we'll sit here and buy with and, you. And do it with you. And I guess just one last point on equities. Look, with an ETF, like I mentioned, I, I, I really just, I used to love looking at equities and looking at, you know, um, you know, different companies and different markets and different industries. But now I just hold a board-based yeah. stock. I, I just don't have time for that anymore. Yeah, no. I've I pivoted think- to other investments but I've kind of (laughs) I've kind of now just you know just put money into something like I said like a Vanguard Australian shares just hold the I think it's the ASX 300 day track maybe it's ASX 200 regardless it's just the broad based you know entire market and just let you know the ups and downs come and go Uh, because over the long term if you know the country does well right which I think it will um, then you're fine. And I think as well, you know, once you've got the hang of it, I think even in Comset Pocket, you can just set up automatic, um, like automatic investment. Yeah. So you put in monthly, you want to invest $100, Comset Pocket monthly will just invest the money for you. And I mean, you know, once you get the hang of it, you can just set something up like that. You don't even need yeah. to think about and it's it. it's all automated. You're exactly. just basically dollar cost averaging. Have um, the money in your account and just like right. Comset Pocket and the ETF do the work for you, I guess. That's right. And I guess let's move on to something a little bit more difficult, which is to get started in property. Now, yeah. I mean, if I try and simplify this um, and I'll talk, you know, obviously that the main step um, is having savings. You can't purchase property unless you have cash. Um, and this, I'm talking just for your first property. So, you know, once you purchase a property, you can then start pulling things, um, like you can pull your equity and repurchase, but we'll get into that later on. Um, so let's say, you know, I've got a couple of friends in this space and we're, we're not, we're not getting any younger. No. Right? I think I've got a lot of friends who are ready to, to jump in and buy their yeah. first property or, or buy a property. Yeah. Um, let's say I've got the money, right? Let's okay. say, you know, my budget is a million dollars and I've got 200 G's. Wow. 200 Saved. G's sitting, yeah. sitting in the bank. So I yeah. made the made the LVR. I should be fine. Um, you know, there's other fees like stamp, duty, yeah. et cetera. Um, how do I start? Yeah, okay. So I guess you've got your savings ready, right. right? I think that one of the biggest things and a lot of people don't understand, and I mean, banks are constantly changing their lending requirements. And, you know, there are so many banks out that you can borrow with. So don't – I've had moments where I've wanted to repurchase and I can't finance with one of the major fours i've used a non-apra bank so you know you've got your pepper monies and there's there's a lot of other banks that aren't the major and i know it sounds you know bad to be telling yeah a bit sketchy (laughs) but it's not you know so i think let's talk from the perspective of you know borrowing with a major bank you've got your savings ready i would think the first thing to do um and i'm a big believer in surrounding yourself with professionals who know what they're doing is either engaging a broker who, you know, they come free of charge. The banks pay them commission for getting you the loan. But that's such a hard or, thing to do if you don't know anybody that's a Yeah, broker. I mean, you know, you can obviously you can Google it, whatever it is, get recommendations. But, you know, I use a broker and he's great. And I can honestly say that he's helped me and 
I've made better financial decisions when it comes to property because of him, because he's set up my loans properly. And yeah, throughout the whole process, he's just really helped me. So, I mean, if you can't find a broker and you don't know a broker, you can go direct to a bank. You can go direct to your Commonwealth. You can go direct to your, you know, NAB, whatever it is. Um, So I think the first thing is understanding how much you can borrow. You know, go in, get pre-approval, even if you if that makes you feel more confident, but sit down and actually find out how much you can borrow because there is no point looking at property worth $6 million if you can only borrow 500000 So this is the first step before you even scope out a property well, you want to buy. I mean, my biggest question is, even if you have the 20% savings, if, you can, if you've got 200 grand saved, but you can only borrow 500000 whatever it may be, there's no point you looking at a million dollar property. So you need to, in, in the first instance, understand how much you can borrow so that you know what you can buy feel attacked because that's exactly <laughs> my situation and yeah it's quite difficult exactly so i mean once you kind of understand how much you can borrow i guess the next step is you know to finding something, something to, buy. to buy um i mean that's probably the hardest part of it i mean i personally think in australia you can't really go wrong when it comes to property i think it depends there are some fundamentals if you look long term i think you can go wrong but i have seen you know in certain instances thanks tom well i think my property purchase no well i think you know I, you know, I, I, I live in Sydney, right? And an apartment down the block was purchased eight years ago for nine thirty. Wow! And they sold last year for nine twenty. Yeah. So, so I mean, yeah, and was, I, it depends on what you buy and, and whatnot. But I think broadly, over the long, long term, which is really yeah. what you go in the property for, I yeah. would imagine you should see appreciation. Yeah, and I mean, I, I have an advantage. I mean, my background is in construction management. I work on large infrastructure projects. Um, you know, and I've also worked for property developers before. I have a passion for it. I love property. Um, so I look at things from a different perspective. I'm always looking at land value is a big thing for me. Land is so, so important when it comes to Sydney. I mean, we're, we're landlocked. Should I buy another apartment then? No, I don't like apartments, but I do like apartments, if that makes sense. I like apartments um, that are well-purchased. Um, and I think that was my biggest mistake when it came to my first investment. I bought, right. you know, I bought a generic one bedroom apartment in an area full of apartments. So anyway, off that, let's <laughs> we'll get into that a bit later. But um, so, yeah, once you've, you've found something to purchase and I'll go into resources that I use and what I look at. And yep. I think key fundamentals when it comes to purchasing, such mm. as, you know, infrastructure and all the rest of it, um, you know, then you obviously make an offer, whether it's an auction, whether it's you know, you go direct to the agent. So you make your offer and let's assume that the offer then gets accepted. Um, generally, there'll be 42 days for settlement. So at that point... 42 days? Yeah, for, uh, oh, for houses. Yeah, I that's what that. I that's what I kind of settled off. But you can, you know, negotiate longer or shorter settlement. Um, so yeah, so you'll, you'll engage a solicitor. Um, they'll review the contract. If everything looks fine, you'll then go and get your final approval from the bank. Once your loan's sorted, you'll exchange on the property, you settle... Um, and then I would say if it's for an investment, the next big step is engaging a good property manager, putting the tenants in, and then you just kind of let your property manager manage it for you. Do it for you, yeah. Yeah. That's a good shout. Look, um, I think you've touched on basically everything you need at a very high level to get started yeah. with property. Let's move on to digital assets. Now, you might teach me a thing or two here. This one won't be as long um, as, as kind of other... Uh, kind of investment options because it's quite simple. I yep. think to really keep it um, at a very high level, you need to find yourself an exchange, right? Um, in Australia, I can highly recommend CoinSpot. They have low fees. The spread is a little annoying 
by spread, I mean the bid ask, which means kind of how much you have to pay. Uh, uh, that's the bid position and how, much, and how much sellers are willing to sell it for, the ask position. It's a bit higher. Basically, what I'm saying is the price is a little bit higher than what you would see on a, okay. on a trading view chart. Find yourself an exchange, CoinSpot, like I mentioned in Australia. There are plenty. What plenty. are some other, I guess, you know, for people Binance. who don't know? Binance. Binance is the biggest exchange in the world, I think. Um, or is it FTX? There are many. Binance, FTX. I don't even know if you can trade cryptos on Robinhood. You might. Maybe um, now. There are plenty. Just, yeah, like I mentioned, find yourself an exchange. Yeah. Load some money into the exchange. It is daunting because let's say, for example, you're putting $1,000 into this, this place called CoinSpot, you yep. know? You're kind of sitting there like, will I ever get my money back kind of thing. But it's all safe and good to go, um, especially um, because they're regulated heavily here in Australia as well. But find yourself an exchange, deposit some money from a bank account into that exchange, and then um, click buy. There are some kind of nuances to look at when you buy. Um, you have to look at trading fees. You have to look at kind of, um, yeah, like I said, your bid ask and, and, and put your order in. But Quite simply told, that's how you would do it. And we'll touch on other elements of digital assets um, in future episodes. Um, you can really go down a rabbit hole here because once you've purchased uh, some cryptocurrencies, you can um, start to look at other things to do with it, such as DeFi farming, which is yeah. decentralized farming, farming yields, uh, staking. Um, I don't understand any of these things. Yeah. So I, think so, I need this episode. I need you to explain <laughs> this stuff to staking me. Staking your cryptos for APY, which is annual percentage yield. Um, flipping NFTs uh, yeah. on different blockchains. Yeah, you can really, really go down a, a, a wide rabbit hole there. But I guess and simply, I mean, when it comes to buying, it's similar to a stock. Download your, your trading platform, depositing money, and then purchasing your coin of choice That's right. and, quite simply and i keep things mostly simple i only dabble in kind of some of these you know micro currencies and, and, and yields and, and and try and find high yields just to, just for a bit of fun yeah most of my holdings is just buy and hold yeah or in the crypto space they say hodl hold on which is hold on for dear life <laughs> which you kind of have been doing <laughs> which is, haven't yeah you? look um Kind of that's so I, I like to just keep things simple and, and go from that. And, you know, we can go into more of the regulatory issues surrounding crypto uh, from from a taxation standpoint and things like that. But to put it quite simply, to get started, find yourself an exchange, deposit some money in just like you would with a share based exchange and uh, put your order in and hodl. 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 Yeah. That's a wrap, Allegra. Um, in this first episode of ours, we've touched on what investing is, uh, why we personally um, invest or have done um, in our in our lives, a couple of investment classes that are available to to the everyday investor, and really briefly, to be fair, how you would get started in investment. How can our viewers reach us if they have any other questions or want to connect with us, Allegra? Yes, I mean, um, we're on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Reach out to us at Simply Investing Podcast. Give us a follow, ask us any questions, send us a DM. Um, and we also, you know, post a lot of stuff that's relevant to the podcast and investing as well, which hopefully will help other investors. Fantastic. And look forward to next time where we'll be talking about a couple of the common investment myths or a couple of concerns that kind of we've heard in our in our everyday lives um, on simply investing.